I'm Leanne Spencer, founder of Body Shop Performance Limited, best-selling author, TEDx speaker, and your host. This is the Remove the Guesswork podcast, the show where I interview influential people in the health, fitness, and well-being space to bring you the latest ideas on how to optimize your mind, body, and well-being. The show is brought to you by my company, Body Shop Performance. We create total solutions to optimize your health by focusing on sleep, mental health, energy, body composition, digestion, and fitness. We work with busy professionals on a one-to-one basis for six or 12 months using the latest science and technology. And Body Shop also work with businesses who want to create a culture of energy, vitality and performance and position well-being as a competitive advantage. Find out more at bodyshopperformance.com and enjoy the show. Welcome to the Insight Show. I'm Leanne Spencer. The question I'm answering today that I'm posing to myself is what kind of diet is best? Loads of talk about diets all the time in the media. None more so, I think, than now. I'm seeing a lot of talk about the carnivore diet, ketogenic diets, really popular as well, vegan diet, but then there's paleo, vegetarian, there's pescatarian, there's varieties of those now. Can't remember the names of them offhand, but there's sort of adaptations of pescatarian and vegetarian. There's high carb, low fat, there's low fat, high carb, which is also known as the Atkins diet. Tons and tons of these diets. So which one is best? The answer you often get to that, particularly in health and fitness circles, is the one that you can stick to. That's the best diet for you, the one that you can stick to. And there's a certain amount of truth in that. If I give you something that's too restrictive or too specific or just doesn't take into account your lifestyle preferences and the kind of food that's available to you, then you probably aren't going to stick to it. So I think that's a fair point. But there's another way of looking at this, which I've come to really understand in the last year, 18 months. And It made me think, well, what kind of diet, and again, the word diet, what I mean is what is the type of food that I'm eating and the pattern that I'm eating it in, as opposed to a diet in the weight loss calorie restriction sense. And the kind of diet that I'm following is based on two things. One, my DNA profile. Number two, my gut health. So I am creating a diet or a nutrition plan, if you like, based entirely around those two things. And just take a step back for a second. What we now know is a really sensible way of looking after your health is to personalize it. The one size fits all approach is very outdated. You know, what's worked well for me won't necessarily work well for you. What worked well for me won't necessarily work well for my friend, my mother, or, or any of my clients. And likewise, what's worked for you won't necessarily work for me. See, we're very unique individuals. We have an entirely unique set of DNA. Our gut health, I mean, our microbiome is extremely, extraordinarily unique to us. And it's very dynamic. It changes all the time. So we need to take that into account and really personalize what we're doing. This goes for exercise. This goes for everything we do. I think it's really good to take broad strokes advice and and listen to what's worked for people, particularly on the lifestyle side of things. You know, does meditation work really well for you? Does walking more well for you? Did increasing your exercise levels work well for you? Did getting more sleep work for you, et cetera? Take that into account because that's all foundational stuff, you know, part of our, our six signals methodology. But On the dietary side, it is a very, very unique thing. So you need to create a program that is achievable, enjoyable, and very, very personal to you. So let me come to that first point then, DNA testing. You can get DNA tests relatively cheaply now, and they will proliferate and they'll come down in cost. The NHS is already looking at adopting DNA testing 
to help identify what medications that you as an individual respond well to, but also what other kind of treatments might you respond well to and how can they give better and more personalized advice. That's really exciting. I think they will undoubtedly see huge cost savings in treatments further down the line when people have actually got chronic diseases. So I applaud them for that. But the DNA testing that's very much part of our business and that I personally have done is a test that tells me my fitness markers. So what kind of exercise do I respond best to? Is it power or is it endurance? What's my recovery time like? What is my injury risk in terms of soft tissues and ligaments? That's all pretty interesting stuff. And I have used that to tailor my training in in all areas of what I do. But it also gives me some nutritional markers. So it tells me exactly what my sensitivity is to carbohydrate. And it's high for me. So I consume a relatively low carbohydrate diet. So what does that mean? It means that I don't tend to consume carbohydrates in the form of breads, pastries, refined carbohydrates are a treat. I know they probably shouldn't be considered a treat, but I'm I'm being honest with you. I do have cakes, biscuits, pastries as an occasional treat. But the carbohydrate I do take in a lot of is vegetable based and I have vegetables in two out of my three meals a day. So in that sense, I have lots of of vegetable based carbohydrates, but very few starchier carbohydrates or refined carbohydrates. And what high sensitivity means, it means two things. One, I'm going to have a very rapid response to that intake of glucose. So the carbohydrate is converted to glucose, which is fuel in essence. So I'm going to respond very quickly to the intake of that fuel. Now that's great if I suddenly need a burst of energy, but it's going to correspond with a rapid drop in energy after that, because that's how the body works. That's how insulin performs its its, its task in the body. And I don't really want that. What I want is, is consistent energy levels. I don't want big highs followed by big lows. So I moderate my carbohydrate intake, not including vegetables in that statement. The other thing it will do is it's, it's going to predispose me to store excess glucose as subcutaneous fat, the kind of fat most of us want to burn, the kind of fat we don't want to be pinching too much of in our waist. So that's a really big insight into my unique DNA. I also have a medium sensitivity to saturated fat. So some people can tolerate saturated fat more than others. I don't have the genes to deal with that very well. So I really moderate my saturated fat intake as well. And the other highlights I got from this, this DNA test, were that I'm lactose intolerant. And when I did this DNA test four years ago, that was big news to me. I've been consuming lactose all my life. So obviously I'm still here. It's not caused me hideous issues, but it will lead to inflammation in the gut. So I've cut out most of my lactose, if not all the lactose is cut out of my diet. The other thing it talks about is gluten sensitivity, but I have a very low sensitivity to gluten. So there is a reason why I'm avoiding that at the moment, but I'll come to that. It's not connected with my DNA. Genetically, I have the the genes that enable me to break down and process gluten fairly effectively. Some of the other highlights is that I have a, a raised sensitivity to vitamin D3. And this is something we get from the sun. Typically, we can get it from food sources, but not in quantities that we need. So what it means is I don't have the genes that enable me to produce or convert D3 from sun exposure very well. I can do it, but not as effectively as someone else might be able to. So I supplement. That was a really great insight as well. I also have a raised requirement for something called cruciferous vegetables. And these are vegetables like broccoli, cabbage, cauliflower, kale, Brussels sprouts. So I've increased my consumption of those and also antioxidants. So typically dark leafy greens or vitamins A, C, and E. So you can see from all of that, that actually it gives me a really, really amazing insight into how I should be eating for my DNA. 
So I take all that stuff on board and I've, I've tailored my diet around that. The other thing is the gut health that I talked about. So once a year, I have a gut test. This is a stool test. You send it back off to the lab and then your results come back and it gives you a very, very comprehensive picture of what's going on in the gut. So I'm talking now about the microbiome and the trillions of bacteria that live in all of our guts. And you can see the different species and the different types of bacteria that are in there. And the key things I'm looking for, some nasties. I want to make sure they're not in there in any clinically significant volumes. The good bacteria, I want to make sure they are present in quite meaningful numbers. And I'm also looking for a diversity of bacteria across those results. And that's the key thing, really. And I will tailor my diet according to what that gut test tells me once a year. So the last time there were some nasties we wanted to try and get rid of. So I was also advised to avoid gluten for the simple fact that that was antagonizing the gut. There was one particular marker in there that's an indication of inflammation, and that was slightly higher, not clinically significant, but high enough that I was advised to restrict gluten because it perhaps was causing that inflammatory response. So I've taken that on board and I'm tailoring my diet yet further to suit the DNA, but also to reflect what's actually going on in real time in the gut. So you've got two things going on there. One, you've got a DNA test, which is if you like your blueprint for good health. So that's kind of the genetic blueprint and that stuff doesn't really change. So it's non-dynamic. And then you've got the gut test, which is an annual test and it's worth spending a little bit of money, you know, a few hundred pounds on this stuff. And that's a dynamic representation of what's going on in the gut. And I use that to finesse, fine tune, or make some real significant changes to reflect what's going on in real time. And that's where I think testing can be really good. It's fine and well following a, a particular diet type, but if you're frustrated because you're not getting results, so you're frustrated that it's not happening fast enough, or it just doesn't feel like it's working, or you can't integrate it into your lifestyle, it's worth taking a step back, getting the budget together to test, find out what's really going on. What is your blueprint for good health? And then what's happening in real time there in the gut? And this is where science is taking us now. This is the most exciting cutting edge stuff in, in the industry at the moment, gut testing. So there's a number of different ways that you can, or different routes you can take, but it's all really a, a stool test based thing. And we know now that proliferation of certain bacteria or an absence of certain bacteria in the gut, or just a lack of diversity of bacteria contribute to lots of different chronic diseases. Things like autism, asthma, eczema, Depression is another one that's linked in there. A couple of, of strains of bacteria have been linked to cardiovascular disease and also to cancer. Obesity is also being linked to certain bacteria in the gut as well. So there's a lot going on. And we're really starting to understand more and more about the link between bacteria and those chronic diseases. And if you can understand that and sort of annually check in with what's going with, on with the gut, you can start to prevent ill health from happening. Before something takes a foothold, catch it early. Catch it because you've suddenly seen an indication in the gut results or prevent it from happening full stop because you're eating a diet that's really working with your genes and not against them so that you don't find yourself in a situation where you're eating something that's inflammatory, for example. Because again, inflammation is a situation that not only damages our longevity, but also can lead on to serious and chronic diseases. So that's it. The type of diet that's best for you is one that's based on your DNA and one that takes into account real-time changes in the body, and that's a gut test. So 
If you want to find out a lot more about this, then check out some of the previous episodes that I've recorded on this show. Check out our Facebook page, which we'll link to in the show notes as well. We quite often post things about gut testing there and DNA testing, or jump on our website, bodyshotperformance.com and search through the archive of blog posts and podcast recordings that we've done. And, and look around the site as well, because we've got quite a few mentions there of, of things related to DNA and, and other such personalized tests. And if you've got questions on this, because it is a huge topic and I've gone through it pretty quickly, send an email to me at Leanne, L-E-A-N-N-E, at bodyshotperformance.com and I'll be really happy to take your questions. That's it from me. Thanks for listening. Interested in finding out what your health IQ is? Jump on our website, www.bodyshotperformance.com and click on Take the Test. It'll take you through to a short two to three minute test. And at the end of that, you'll get a scorecard and a free 39 page report based on our six signals, sleep, mental health, energy, body composition, digestion, and fitness. And if you've enjoyed this episode, please think of someone who could really benefit from the content and hit that share button and send it across to them. And of course, don't forget to subscribe and leave us a rating and a review. Thank you very much for listening.